0: good morning church. My name is Gavin. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, City Light Church is uh, a part of a greater movement called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And whenever, almost five years ago, Chris and I and a small group of people set out to plant this church, um, we wanted, we longed to be a part of the CMA because of their history and their DNA. So a little backstory on the Christian Missionary Alliance, if you don't know it. Uh, There was a young pastor, actually in the late 1800s, who was a very gifted guy, very bright guy, great Bible preacher and communicator, and at a young age got, um, got the role as the lead pastor at the 23rd Street Presbyterian Church in New York City. So a very prestigious congregation and role. They were very affluent, very influential. And so here's this young guy preaching the Bible. The church loves him. He's doing great and killing it. And then during the week, he would go out to the shipyards and in the, in the docks, and he would share the gospel with migrant workers and, and uh, blue collar folks and foreigners that were coming and working in the shipyards. And uh, he had a heart for poor people and prostitutes and the immigrants, and he would share the gospel with them and bring them to church. And over time, the people of the church didn't like the kind of people that A.B. Simpson, the young pastor, was bringing into the church. They were racially diverse, they were poor. They were foreigners, they were outsiders, and they said, hey, you can, you can do that kind of thing, just don't bring those kind of people here. And A.B. Simpson just realized that's not the heart of Jesus. Mark uh, chapter 2 and verse 17, Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous, but for the sinners. He said, it's not the healthy who need a physician, it's the sick. And so he resigned the pulpit uh, that paid well, that was a, a prominent role, and uh, he had a very difficult ministry. He actually started a church in a theater at the time, continued to reach out to poor people and prostitutes and foreigners, and started a church there. Uh, His heart was then for the nations, that all the nations of the earth would hear the good news of Jesus Christ and uh, build his kingdom. So he started an annual conference, uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, an annual uh, conference of churches that had a heart for the nations and a heart for missions. And that uh, um, alliance, that conference, eventually coalesced into a denomination and a movement that continues on to today that we um, are glad and thrilled to be a part of. And so part of the tradition of being a CMA church, a missionary church, is once a year we're going to bring in a missionary who is serving on the field to come in and share stories of God at work among the nations. And so as a younger church, we've been praying into what is our long-term strategy for being involved in global missions. And so the last couple of years, we've gotten the opportunity uh, to send some short term trips um, all over the world. And this last year, we sent two different teams to Cambodia and Thailand. And we've gotten to know Dave Manfred, who is the field director, been a missionary in Cambodia for 22 years. And you guys, we are really blessed. I'm going to bring him up. Welcome up, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Um, Is I've gotten to know Dave Manfred over just the last couple days. He's quickly um, just a kindred spirit and uh, a guy that I look up to a ton. Um, He's been serving, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. He's been serving the Lord for a long time. Um, He's planted churches locally, you know, domestically and internationally. He and his wife Chris have been serving since 1995 in Cambodia. And you guys are going to hear some extraordinary stories of God at work through this man and his team. But he came in this week and met with Chris and I. I was like, I want to learn from you guys. I just want to take notes and teach me about everything you're doing. And we're like, Dave, we've been doing this for five minutes, brother. You have been, you're a legend for 30 years. You have been laboring in the kingdom. We want to learn from you. But I thought that just modeled his heart. I think why God has blessed you in your ministry so much. Your faithfulness and longevity in ministry and your humility of always learning Uh, New ways to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. So, Dave, thank you for giving up your weekend to come and minister to us, and uh, we're so blessed to have you. Once again, welcome up Dave Manfred.
1: Thank you so much, Gavin, and thank you, City Light, for being tools in God's hands to touch your city and to the ends of the earth. One of the things I saw in your core values as a church is you talk about down and up and in and Out! Exactly. Mission. And today we're not just going to go out, we're going to go way out. Halfway around the world to the land of Cambodia, a place that has become near and dear to our hearts. Uh, Cambodia, if you want to get there, you go to LA, you cross the Pacific Ocean, you hit China, you turn left about 2,000 miles. It was really hot. There you are in Cambodia. And uh, and we've been serving there with an amazing team of uh, Alliance workers. Our a uh, missionary team, uh, about 30 folks. I've been privileged to be the field director overseeing the team for about 15 years. And uh, it really has been a season in which we have seen God do unprecedented things in the land of Cambodia. We see Christ building his church. We see the truth that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Cambodia has been a country that As those who research such things, they talk about the responsiveness of the gospel. This is our Alliance missionary team, by the way. And first of all, on behalf of our team, I just want to say thank you. Because as a CMA church, it's people like you that are supporting all of these folks doing this work in this amazingly responsive land. When the Alliance sends out workers, we tend to send people out long-term to learn the language, learn the culture. We couldn't do that without people that are standing behind us in prayer and giving to take that long-term view, to see the church of Jesus Christ established. And our goal as missionaries is to work ourselves out of a job, to see a Cambodian church established. So we partner with the Cambodian Alliance church that is being established in Cambodia. And Cambodia has been a responsive country. Those that study such things say that it is actually the second most responsive country in the world to the gospel. And I've seen that firsthand. It's so easy to talk about Christ. Cambodians are curious. They're interested. In the June edition of Christianity Today magazine, it talked about Cambodia rising. And there are a couple of articles just about the growth of the gospel in Cambodia, how it has gone from an underground church to a church planting boom. And it's been our privilege to serve there at such a time as this. The Cambodian church, uh, the alliance was the uh, first Protestant group to begin working in Cambodia in 1923. We were the ones that translated the Bible into the Cambodian Bi- uh, language. The only Protestants or Evangelicals up until the 60s. And the growth of the church was incredibly slow. But finally in 1970, from about 1,000 believers, it grew to 10,000 believers up to 75. Ten times growth in about five years. Finally they thought the harvest had come. But in April 1975, an extreme Marxist group called the Khmer Rouge or Red Cambodians came to power. And the Khmer Rouge hated anything from the West and they hated anything to do with religion. And in the three and a half years that the Khmer Rouge were in power, the church experienced 80% martyrdom in three and a half years. And it's kind of like, God, what are you doing here? After all these years of faithful and the harvest is coming and then to experience that and And Tertullian, the ancient church father, said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And indeed, that is what we've seen as God has continued to build his church from 2,000 believers in 1979 that were remaining to a church that now numbers about 300,000. To the glory of God, proving that Jesus' words are true, that he will... Amen! Yeah! Amen! Jesus said it like this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the Cambodian church is testimony to Jesus' truth. As I've been reflecting on God's work in Cambodia, the text that really has stood out to me is from this little book called Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 5. And Habakkuk's a really cool book. It's this dialogue between the prophet and god and it's kind of this back and forth and 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 it starts out with the lord saying to the prophet look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for i'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told and as it goes on in the book there's this god does crazy stuff that habakkuk says god you shouldn't be doing that but god still does it he works outside of his comfort zone but yet god does work through an amazing ways in the nations And as I look at the land of Cambodia and reflect on some of what, just in the past three years, we were in Cambodia for three years and back for a year, and just in the past three years, some of what we've seen God do. And similarly to how the Apostle Paul came to the church at Antioch after his first missionary journey to tell them what God had done, I'd like to share with you just a bit about what Jesus has done in the land of Cambodia with five stories, five short stories. First of all is a story of baptisms. Cambodia, uh, the church, grew very slowly. But in the past three years, we've had more than uh, 500 baptisms every year in the past three years. One year was more than 700. That's more baptisms in one year than the first 40 years of missionary effort in the land of Cambodia. And baptisms is not just dunking people in water. These are people that have been discipled because that's the core of the Great Commission is to make disciples, teaching them to obey. And that is what we're seeing happening in Cambodia in unprecedented ways. Story number two. Story number two cannot be shared outside of the walls of this church. Story number three. Story number three really, the next, the next two stories deal with a dynamic in Cambodia in that there is real spiritual battle that is happening in the land of Cambodia, particularly as we are going into new and virgin territory for the gospel And one of those places of virgin territory is called the Cham. The Cham are an ethnic group, their own language, their own culture. They're a Muslim group, kind of the only Muslim group in Cambodia. 250,000 Cham in Cambodia and probably less than 20 that know Christ. It's an incredibly unreached people group. About 12 years ago, we sent one of our missionary, Alliance missionary couples, Jeff and Heather Williams, and they lived in a Cham village. And they lived in this little tin hut over the Mekong River as they were ministering with the cham. First, they learned their language. And as they were learning their language, they also brought in a program called DOTS, which is to treat tuberculosis because there was huge problems of TB in that community. And in three years, by God's grace, they were actually able to eradicate tuberculosis from that village. And as they were also helping them in these practical ways, they were also sharing the gospel. And one of the people that Heather Williams was sharing the gospel to, her name was Mahna. And Mana was unique because she was the town witch doctor. And you might say, Muslim and witch doctor, how does that go together? Well, actually in Cambodia they do. They mix Islam with animism, and it, it, so she was a witch doctor. And Mahna uh, had this big bun of hair in the back that she hadn't been washed for years. And she told Heather, that is where the spirit lives that gives me my spiritual powers of witch doctor. Well, they began a relationship and talking together. And after about two years, and Mahna began to read the Bible, and God, by His Holy Spirit, began speaking to her heart. Heather explained to her, Mahna, you know, this Creator God, He really loves us. And even when we make wrong choices, we do the wrong things. Yet He has sent His Son, Jesus, to, to pay the price for those sins, those wrong things that we've done. And as we trust and believe in Him, He promised us us to be forgiven and have eternal life and to live with him forever. And she said, Mana, would you like to trust in this Jesus? And Mana eventually decided, yes, she did want to trust in that Jesus. And by the way, if some of you here, you don't have to be a witch doctor in Cambodia to receive that good news. If you haven't received that good news yet, that's here for you too. And he can still forgive. If he can forgive a witch doctor in Cambodia, he sure can forgive you and give you that new life. And Mana got that new life. And she began to grow. And, there, uh, and and as she came to Christ, this knot of hair that was in the back of her head, that night after she came to Christ, fell out all by itself. And it went into her daughter's hair. Her daughter's name is Priya, And after about two weeks, Priya also came to Christ. And then the knot fell out all by itself and left and was never back. And so... Mahna and some others started coming to Christ. And as that happened, the local imam, the leaders in the village, became very concerned because people were coming to Christ. And so they forced Jeff and Heather to leave the village. Uh, and they gave him one day's notice. And all the Christians had to really go underground in that village. And Jeff and Heather were not allowed back into the village by the village leaders. But they tried to keep some relationship via phone. But, you know, it was really tough on the believers. Mahna, her daughter, and a few others that had come to Christ. That went on like that for about ten years, where we just didn't have access to the cham in that community. And a couple of years ago, Heather got a call from Selpria, the daughter. And Selpria called to say she was in tears, and she said, "My mother, Mana, just died." And Heather and Selpria cried together, and. And just because, not because Mana was with the Lord, we're thankful for her, but that this, this light for Christ had been extinguished in this village that so desperately needed that light. And uh, Heather hung up, and, and then it was a while later that she heard what else had happened. And I, I'm actually just going to read what Heather wrote. Because, you see, when somebody in a village, in a Cham village, dies, what they do is they invite the entire community to go to the house of the person who died. Why do they do that? So that the people can apologize to the person that just died. They don't want to apologize while they're still alive, but after they're dead, then it's easy, and it's okay. And so the village was coming together at to Mahna's house. And so this is the report that Heather gave. I'm just going to read it. There is no movement. Mahna went stiff, cold, no breathing. Salpria, her daughter, started calling everyone to say that she had died. Villagers all came to start preparations for the funeral. The religious leaders in the village opened up the mosque in the night and made the announcement that she had died. Old men, old women, they said, Sister Mana has died. And as is custom, people came to say their last apologies to her. By their religious custom, the body must be very quickly, so things started being done." But then, Manah started breathing again and moving. And everyone got all excited and kept on saying their apologies, but now she was listening. And then she started speaking words of forgiveness to everyone. One by one, the religious leaders, the neighbors, her family, the more she spoke forgiveness, the more easily she was able to talk. The village elders went back to the mosque to make another announcement. Sister Manah is not dead. She is fine. When I heard this from Heather, it really struck me that the Lord really loves the Cham people because he's pulling out all the stops to get their attention. I've been a missionary in Cambodia for 22 years. We've seen some stuff. Never seen this before. God was making his statement to that community. Heather goes on to write, the temperature of the village is comfortable again, cool and breezy. I walk around and discuss this amazing thing that happened with ease. The village leaders have given us permission to be friends again, and they struggle to understand this power, this power that is so strong it can change hearts. Not often does an announcement have to be made from the mosque that someone is alive again. Perhaps, Perhaps this is our chance with the CHAM. Mana's still alive. She's a daily walking testimony in that community. Would you pray with us that we would be able to come alongside in ways to send workers? We have had a request for a worker to work with the CHAM on the Alliance website for more than a year. No one has yet responded. Could it be someone here from City Light? The harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. Please pray that God would break into the chum. Story four. Story four is about a young man named Chimran. Chimran is amazing, this amazing young man, 27 years old. He grew up in our Alliance Church in Phnom Penh, and just you've seen God's anointing over his life throughout the years. He just really loves Jesus, and he loves people. And as he went through uh, university, uh, just a very bright guy. I mean, he has amazing English, mostly self-taught. Just phenomenal. With just this guy you love to love because he's so easy to love. And he's a natural relationship guy. And his ministry actually was working in universities around Phnom Penh. Six different universities. And he'd get discipleship groups going. uh, Leading and training these young men, Cambodian men that were following Christ just an amazing young man. And then we also started a couple years ago, it's called Christ Love Mission Church. And Christ Love Mission Church is, our Alliance Church is really focusing on young adults in Phnom Penh. In fact, City Light has sent two teams to come alongside the work with Christ Love Mission Church. In February, Pastor Phil and Robin and others came, and then more recently, just in August, they sent another team working with Christ Love Mission. And as this church was growing and beginning to develop, uh, they had a, a core team of five people. And on June 17 of this year, just before I returned back to uh, the, the States, they had a time to really just lay hands on this leadership team. And it was understood that the pastor of this new church would be Chamran. He just had all the gifts that are needed to, to lead this church so well. That was June 17. The next day, June 18, Chamran and three of the young men went to this national park three hours north of Phnom Penh, and they were looking to put on a, a kind of a youth camp in that national park. And as they went to the park, there was a small waterfall. Before you get to the waterfall, you had to actually walk through this spirit house, which is this house to the spirit that is dedicated to have control over that area that the Cambodians would understand. And and they went through that spirit house, went up, above, and Chambran went above the waterfall. And the three other young men were kind of just below the waterfall. It wasn't a tall waterfall, maybe 15 feet high. The stream was only maybe 25 feet wide. And Chambran was crossing the stream above the waterfall, and the three young men were watching him, said, it looked like somebody pushed him from behind, even though there was no one there. And he fell into the water, He went over the waterfall, and at the base of the waterfall, there was a whirlpool. And uh, Chamran's hand came up from the waterfall, and the three guys made a human chain, and the first time, they missed him by about a foot. And then the hand went down. A little bit later, his hand came up again. They reached out. One of the guys actually fell in, trying to reach out to him, and they just missed his hand. And the hand went down. And it didn't come back up. And when we heard this news, we were all praying, Lord, do a resurrection. You did it for Manad, do it for Chamran. And, and the body just never surfaced. And We went out with a team early the next morning before dawn to go to the waterfall. And I was riding in, the, in my vehicle, I had uh, Nut, who was Chamran's fiancee. We got to the waterfall, a group of 20 of us, and five minutes after he arrived, his body surfaced. And we were able to bring Chembran, put him in the back. They don't have like scuba teams or things like that or even police to help in situations like that. We put his body in the back of my pickup truck and brought him back to Phnom Penh. And as we're doing this, all of us are asking, God, what are you doing here? I mean, this is your anointed, this young man, 27 years old, had all these amazing gifts and all this, what in the world is going on? And we started three days of funerals, just day after day, packing out the church as people came forward. And and as we were struggling with, you know, it really felt like Satan had won. But then the young people that were a part of that Christ-left mission began to say, you know, as they were looking at God's word for comfort, for discernment, what was going on here, the text that stood out to them was John 12, 24. In John 12, 24, Jesus is talking, and he says that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And the young people that had been discipled by Chamran. They began to realize that his life has been taken. And so now we who have been discipled need to become the disciplers. Those who uh, used to receive from him now need to be the ones that give to others. And Satan indeed does not win. Why? Because Chimran's with the Lord. He's doing great. And we are trusting God to multiply his life by a hundred people. To see the gospel go forward. And that brings us to story number five as I watched the young people in that church, I saw a Holy Spirit fire that I've never seen before. They saw the gifts that Chamaran had and they, they prayed to God, kneeling before, actually kneeling before his body at an altar call saying, God, Holy Spirit, the gifts that he had, give those same gifts to us. Multiply his life through us. And we didn't realize it at the time, but... For a couple of years, the, the, the Alliance mission, we've really sensed God leading us into our future strategic direction is to start something called Antioch Bible Institute. And the Antioch Bible Institute, the vision is actually to multiply people like Shamran. You see, Phnom Penh, the capital city of Cambodia, is 2 million people and it's growing by 80,000 people every year. Almost all of them are under 25 years old. Almost none of them know Christ. How can we reach 80,000 young adults a year? We can't do it by building church buildings. We have to have a different model. And the model that in prayer and discernment and talking and praying, actually over the past couple of years, has been to see a movement of young adults that start house churches that multiply to reach the city. And so, this Antioch Bible Institute, we have a missionary, three missionaries assigned to this. We have actually uh, four Cambodian teachers that are also going to be working in this. Jeff and Heather Williams, the ones that were working with the Chom before, Candy Lay, and some of our Cambodian teachers that are gearing up for this ministry. And uh, it's quite—it's not going to be a Bible school. Because the real focus is, yes, there's going to be Bible training, but the real focus is getting boots on the ground. These, the young people are going to be trained are actually going to be in the community three days a week, working with home Bible studies, being mentored, being coached as they continue that, seeing that multiply year after year after year after year. This is a vision that God has given us, to see Chimran's life multiplied. And I would ask you to pray for us. You know, we have almost everything in place there. We have we actually have our teaching team, we have, uh, uh, we have land, we have actually classrooms, we have a place for them to eat. Uh, the one piece we're missing is a dorm, a student dorm and teacher residence. And uh, we have uh, the building, we have the foundation laid, we have the first floor pillars, our desire is to see a four-story building. That's what we need to get this, uh, have a place for these young adults to be able to take this two-year program where they're really reaching the city. Would you pray with us? to go with this way out God, this God who goes way out to reach the nations, to reach the key city of Phnom Penh because we really believe that if we can reach the capital city, we reach the country. If we reach the next generation, we reach the country. Please join with us, City Light. What God is doing in your midst is amazing. That's why I came and asked Pastor Gavin, how can we learn from you? Because a lot of what God is doing in your lives, we want to see that replicated in Cambodia as well, to the glory of God. We desire, we ask, we pray for your partnership to the ends of the earth, to see Chamran not just multiplied a hundred times, but a thousand times, to see this country where Christ is coming in greater measure, 2% of the population is Christian. But if the growth continues, in the next 15 years, we could see the church grow 10 times to 3 million people. There you're talking almost more than 20% of the population of the country. This is Cambodia's moment. Please join us in partnering us with us to the ends of the earth. The question is always, So what? So what? Cool stories about Cambodia. The first answer, so what, is, well, this is Jesus' call, is to make disciples of all nations, all ethnic groups. You are doing an amazing job in your Jerusalem, in your Judea, your Samaria, what's going on with global friends. That's so cool with immigrants. Oh, man, I rise up and call you blessed. Join with us to bring that light to the ends of the earth in Cambodia as well. How do you do that? One, you pray. There's some of you that are already praying for missionaries, praying for nations, countries, thank you, keep it up. But my challenge is for those that are not regularly praying for a piece of the world that is not the United States, where people have not really had the opportunity to hear about Christ. And my encouragement to you this morning, I would ask, and I don't believe it's just me, I believe it's God by his Holy Spirit, Choose a country, choose an ethnic group, choose a missionary that you can regularly pray for. that You can get on their list to to, to know what's happening so you can pray with intelligence and commit to pray for them every day. Every day. Join in Jesus' call to the nations. And if you don't have somebody like that, you don't know who to... Well, choose me, choose us, choose Cambodia, choose Phnom Penh. We've got some prayer cards on that back table and it has my email address. And if you'd be interested, we send out every month prayer requests from our Cambodia team. And just, if you want to send me an email, davechrismanford at gmail.com, just say, praying. We'll put you on the list. And you can pray for us. Giving. Wow. How God has blessed your church. It's a beautiful thing. I really believe as we commit to giving to the ends of the earth, jesus continues to bless and build his church here and also around the world it was jesus command it's his call and that you know he's done so much for us what a blessing to bring light into places where they've never had the opportunity a person in the u.s is just as lost as a person in cambodia but the difference is in cambodia they haven't had a chance to hear unless they're people that are sent and then finally some of you might be sensing christ's call to go And City Light Church is really ramping that up uh, with Robin, Laney, and also uh, Pastor Phil and others. There are small groups uh, that are being raised up, being prepared to go to the nations in different ways. Maybe God might be calling some of you. Maybe God is calling one of you to go to the chum. I don't know. Or another place where they've not yet had the opportunity to hear about Christ. Listen to that still small voice of the Spirit if he's speaking to your heart about going. Don't turn it off. I dare you to ask God, how do you want me to respond to your great commission? I dare you. And you know what? 22 years being a missionary in Cambodia, I testify to you, you cannot outgive God. It is an amazing blessing to serve him, yes, in your Jerusalem, yes, in your Judea, yes, in your Samaria. And as God continues to call in obedience to Jesus' command to the ends of the earth. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to your people in your way. Lord, this is your command, but your commands come because you love us and because you know the need in the world. You call us to love you and to love our neighbor. And our neighbor isn't just the people in Omaha. Thank you that this church already understands that Continue to grow their vision. Help them to be a church that prays, a church that gives, and a church to the glory of Jesus goes to people in places that have never heard. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.